I'm Elle Cole, and you are listening to the Cleverly Changing Podcast, episode 57. Are you raising an active, intelligent, and curious child? If so, please tune in and continue to listen to the entire episode. We spoke with Devon Truvell from Black Wall Street and True Health Forever podcast. What's really great about Devon is that he is a young Black male who is a teacher, and he's very passionate about what he does. He is a California native and a graduate of the University of California, Davis. He finds joy in sharing Black history knowledge and financial literacy. We are honored to have him as a guest, and I'm so happy that he took time out of his busy schedule to share information with us and our audience. With the Cleverly Changing podcast, our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about Black and African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, please help support us by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash cleverly changing. Today's African proverb is a short man can only be able to hang his bag to the point that his hands can reach. And that is a Nigerian proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by the Congo. Batu. Batu. It means people in Lingala. Have some exciting news. During the month of April, I will be releasing my second book, The Ultimate Sickle Cell Activity Book. If you want to learn more about sickle cell disease, which is the most common disorder in the world, then you should sign up for my newsletter by going to cleverlychanging.com and putting in your name and email address so that I can contact you about updates. Thanks in advance. Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am your host, L. Cole, and you are listening to us talk about so many things as it relates to educating our children. We want you to know that we are giving you an opportunity to ask questions, to feel supported in this journey as you try to instill confidence and education in your child. So, Who am I? I am a mom of twin girls. They are now 11 at the time that we are recording this. Actually, they are 12. (laughs) 
They are 12 at the time that we are recording this. And I have been homeschooling for seven years. It is my goal to be able to kind of give back to my community and let you know that you can educate your kids and we want to help you do that. Miriam, take the floor. Hi, I'm Miriam and I have four little children. Uh, We have uh, 13, three, five, and seven, two girls and two boys. And we've been homeschooling for, let's see, uh, about four years now. And it's been a full and (laughs) fun ride. All right. That is awesome. So we have a special guest today, and I can't wait for him to introduce himself and tell you a little bit about his background. Go ahead. Let everybody know who you are. All right. All right. Beautiful people. Thank you for the opportunity to come on today. Uh, My name is Devon Travell. No, no kids yet, but in the future, you know, there, there's five of them. I'm going to go ahead and manifest that right now. My, my wife doesn't want or she doesn't know she wants full five. She's like, let's have one first, see how that goes. But yeah, uh, but Devon Chevelle, creator of Black Wall Street, the board game, um, have been working in education, primarily in the UC system since 2012. Um, but really dove into my passion about financial literacy and entrepreneurship in 2016, 2017, through creating this board games, really teach folks the history of Tulsa's Black Wall Street, but also like how to build businesses and really start in-home conversations about business, entrepreneurship and money management. So definitely uh, happy to be here and excited about this convo. Terrific, terrific. So What you just mentioned about Black Wall Street, I don't know if all of our listeners know what Black Wall Street is. We definitely have done episodes about it in the past. If people want to listen to our Juneteenth episode with 2020, they can definitely learn more about it. But I want you to just take a few minutes and tell people what Black Wall Street is and why it's important. Definitely. So one of the reasons why one of the reasons why you definitely want to get the game is because it does teach you that history all within it. Uh, if you look on the, the back of the game, there'll be a nice timeline that kind of goes through the process of not just how it was uh, destroyed ultimately in 1921, but how it actually built and grew as well. But Tulsa's Black Wall Street one of the most iconic and successful communities in American history and definitely black communities in American history. Um, founded by O.W. Gurley. You know, if you're, if you're able to watch this video, you see it in the background, I have a portrait of O.W. Gurley. Maybe we can put that uh, on the website for the amazing folks listening in. Um, but he bought 40 acres in Tulsa, Oklahoma around 1905, 1904, right? Bought 40 acres and he was very strategic and intentional about only selling acreage or businesses to black businesses or black families so from the ground up they were able to really build an entire economic system that was almost self-sustaining in the 1900s like one generation removed from slavery our ancestors were able to create this ecosystem for themselves with over 300 black owned businesses Um, some may sound familiar madam tj walker beauty salon 
Tulsa Star, Uncle Steve's Barbecue if you wanted to get some good food, uh, William Dreamland Theater if you're into movies, Booger T. Washington High School to get your education. So there was just tons of different businesses and nonprofit organizations that were supporting the ecosystem. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, as most folks probably know, June 1st or May 31st, the riot started, ended around June 1st, June 2nd, 1921, um, and Tulsa was burnt down and destroyed. Uh, but very resilient community. They continue to rebuild after that construction or destruction. And even today, there's a new project which we had the opportunity of supporting called Greenwood Rising, where they are building a state-of-the-art museum and a cultural hub to really pay homage to the legacy of the ancestors, but also to reteach or continue the legacy of entrepreneurship and Black entrepreneurship within Tulsa, AKA Greenwood. So we had the opportunity of donating uh, 10% of our game proceeds to that amazing project. Well, that's Hopefully that was a good sum up. Yes, that was a very good wrapped up nicely. Yes, oh, I have a question. So when you decided to create this board game and name it after that, what was the the... I guess I'll say the why. Why did you think that it was necessary to have this product for families? Great, great question. So, and I may throw it back at you after I give give my answer to let me know if y'all agree with our approach or not. Um, but I hosted or I volunteered. So I volunteered with the Village Nation out here in Los Angeles. Shout out to Fluke Fluker in the Village Nation Kingdom. Um, but every year they have a uni camp where we're taking kids from Los Angeles and the Inland Empire, mostly black and brown kids, and we take them up to a camp. No internet, no cell phone service. It's just us, education, love, and bugs, <laughs> okay? So uh, we're up there. And when you get up there, everybody has to choose a camper name. All right. So one of the questions I want, I want to know what you, what y'all camper's name would be, uh, but everyone has to choose a camper name. And this is supposed to hopefully um, detach you from any trauma that you may experience in your family, in your neighborhood with the name or other nicknames that people kind of put on you, but you didn't have the choice on. So with this camp, you get to really own your identity and say, hey, I want my name to be Beautiful Black Queen. I want my name to be Girly the Visionary. I want my name to be Butterfly, Jackson, Beyonce, whatever you want. For me, my first time volunteering for the camp, my name was Black Wall Street. And this was like, I only knew a little bit of it, but I loved the vibe of it. I love what it stood for, black entrepreneurship, ownership. I loved all of that. So when I went up to the camp, all the kids were like, what's your name, what's your name? And I was like, oh, I'm Black Wall Street, I'm Black Wall Street. And they were like, what? <laughs> what's that? Like uh, the black version of Wall Street? Like, what is that? And even the counselors, like no one knew except me and Fluke. So I, I called, called my queen after I got off the mountain and I had cell service. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to teach people about Black Wall Street. I want to put this into a game. And I just want to teach people. And she was like, mm, that's a good idea. But I feel like that's already done. Right? I feel like that's too good of an idea. Like, people probably already created that. I was like, mm, I don't know. Let's ask the Google. So I went on the website and I searched, like, Black Wall Street game, Black Monopoly, Black financial literacy games. And listen. Miriam, y'all, when, when I tell you the ignorance that I saw on the internet when, when it comes to Black folks and money in a game, nothing 
I think reflected black excellence or the true legacy of Tulsa's Black Wall Street. And that's why when we created the game, we were very adamant of keeping the name Black Wall Street, the board game, because we wanted when people search, when people see games, we want them to see black excellence. We want them to actually learn about the realities and the potential that they have to build a black Wall Street or to build a black community. So that was the, the main reason why we kept the name Black Wall Street, the board game, despite all the people saying, you know, you, you should take Black out the name. No one's going to buy that board game. We were in incubator programs and people were like, mm, we like the concept, but you should definitely change the name. No one's going to buy that. And we were like, no, the name stays 100 percent. And we're so glad that we, we kept it because I feel like e each year as, as we stay truer and truer to the legacy and to the brand, I think we just get more and more love and more energy. Um, so that is why. Please let me know if y'all if y'all vibe with that or not. No, I totally understand. I think it is very true what you're saying about uh, us as a community not having some of the best monetary practices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think a lot of times it is not even necessarily because we we want to do that. It's just we haven't had the opportunity to be shown any different right. in detail so i mean yes we may see that you know our neighbor over here or another a white person or an asian person or somebody else is doing just fine but we don't know the the little things that go into being financially um what's the word solvent or you know yeah financially savvy financially right. literate. and the people who do who did know like we had an entire city right of over eleven thousand, almost twelve thousand people in greenwood who knew they knew how to build businesses they knew how to uh you know do cooperative economics they knew how to build brands they knew how to circulate the money they knew all of that but outside forces destroyed literally these assets and this knowledge and i feel like that kind of gets ingrained in our psyche uh, I won't fall into the the deep rabbit hole of post-traumatic slave syndrome and all that stuff. But I think the more like tragedy things that happen, especially when it has to do with money, like we remember that. And my grandma, like when I was building this business for Black Wall Street, the board game, and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be so cool to one day like rebuild this. She was like, be careful. You know what happened the first time. So I don't want that to happen to you. So I feel like it's almost like a fear also, like if we get wealth, if we build our own stuff, then we may be attacked. Yes, I definitely understand that sentiment because the fear is a very, very powerful mm. motivator. And it's also a very powerful oppressor. Mm. So, you know, there's, it's it's not an easy thing to overcome, but you know it kind of has to be in order for change to occur, or else we're stuck in the same same line doing the same things, pretty much just a different face to it, right. and, and nothing really changes. So yes, I appreciate your thought, and I definitely. <laughs> my girl and i definitely <laughs> feel like it is important to stay true to you know your your values so when you said no we're not changing the name i was thinking yeah don't change the name because i mean <laughs> for so many reasons number one seo so when you think when you go right. to search for things there are 
key words that you know you're going to use you're going to try most people use the shortest way to phrase whatever it is so if you're looking for uh, independent black communities you might look up independent black community or if you know specifically is dubbed black wall street well then you would put that in because right. honestly you would think that that would be the first thing to come up so holding on to that i think was a brilliant move despite what people were saying um yeah i can't lie i've thought about that kind of thing before in trying to um market things is it a better idea to you know make it seem like is this coming from a black person or is it a better idea to make it seem kind of ambivalent kind of thing right. you don't really know because you've got some people that are like and then you've got other people that are looking specifically for that and if they can't tell then they're like yeah i'm gonna pass right so, you know you can't please everybody but yeah, I think you did my job. I love the name. I also think that when people are looking to buy something, especially our people, they're looking to instill confidence in their kids. So mm. I think that the name is strategic because we have to let our children know where they came from so that they have more of a foundation to be able to dream bigger, to be able to feel like, oh, well, if they had this amount of stuff, like our people, slavery was not that long ago. And right. they were able to have their whole community. They had helicopters, they had, um, you know, all these businesses and they were executives, they were doctors, lawyers, they were pilots, they were all types of, of different professions. And when we, when we look at just the frame of American history from only one side, like they're taught in school, they lose something. And if all they teach you in school is oppression, then you don't really realize what magnificent blood flows through your veins. And so when you create a game like Black Wall Street, it's telling you, look, you it doesn't take a long time for you to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You just have to be focused. You have to be strategic. You have to know what you want to do and you have to plan and achieve it. And I think that when we look at that and then, you know, you pair it with the game, there's so many lessons that are in Monopoly, you know? And mm -hmm. so to have a game that we can directly relate to with our history. So we're not only getting math lessons, we're getting history. You know, what, what other subjects are they learning from the game? All right. So it goes through, you know, some some black history, but also there's a little bit of indigenous and Native American history in there um, for folks that don't know, like the Tulsa community had a lot of freedmen. And these these were folks that were previously enslaved by the native indigenous tribes of our people. But then in 1866, they were freed. 
which is two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. So I, I always like to, to note that, like sometimes we think, oh, 1864, we were all free. But the entire west side of United States, which was mostly native territory, there were still slaves there. So we'll always want to note that. Um, economics, a little bit of um, tax type stuff, money management for sure. And then I love the, the point that you said about that positive reinforcement of like, we can do this. I think that's one of the underlying lessons that maybe isn't as overt and direct, but it's for sure there on purpose. Um, uh, we've seen a few kids play and they're like, mom, there, there's black people in this game, like in the logo, like there's black, they're like, oh my, there's, and it's such a surprise to them to see melanated black skin in a game for them to play. Um, on the on the money, we have Indinkra symbols. So like, there's just like a lot of small, oh yeah, I see you, Mary. yeah. A lot of really like small details where we're trying to teach symbolism and also reinforce that positivity. Um, I did have a question for y'all though. So, you were talking about how in, in regular school, which I, I went through the public K-12 system, almost every time blackness is brought up, it is brought up through the lens of oppression or if it's like books that we're reading, like like we're reading out loud and the N-word comes up and it's like we're a room full of people and we're reading Uncle Tom's Cabin or we can, uh, well, I forgot what the other book is, but the N-word always comes up and it's always not us saying it. Um, yeah, it is. It didn't put me into a positive lens of blackness in public K-12. So I'm wondering, as a homeschooling parent, homeschooling community, where do y'all go to get your black studies curriculum? Where are y'all going to get like your, your positive reinforcement? Or is it something that you just have to make yourself? So I guess I'll, I'll take that question first. I think for me, because I've been doing it so long, um, I, don't, I don't pick a box curriculum and um, I just search for, you know, books, actual books because my mm -hmm. kids love to read. Okay. So we don't do history based on a curriculum. We, we use actual books that have been written and things like that. And then I'll, I'll read it with them and ask questions and formulate discussions around that. So that's been very important to me. There are some curriculums though. Um, it's called Blessed Heritage, I think is one. And um, that was written by a homeschool mom or an educator. She definitely was an educator who decided to create a curriculum for children. It's not just children of color, it's for all children, because really this is something that we all should be learning. And I think right now with the history that we have, we know that there has been a movement of educating all children more. So I think that's very important for families to kind of take time and understand that sometimes there are things that are out there. Unfortunately, like if they're free, they're not always the best resources. Um, Melanin Origins, they were on my podcast oh, last, I think in the first season, they also have a Black history curriculum and they, their curriculum, though, is for younger children, so the elementary school children. What I'm finding is, like, my kids are 12, so the things that were created, you know, they're, they're more advanced than that. And so you really have to, there isn't 
a curriculum, I would say that um, is all that is great for um, older black children or any children because again i do believe that black history is american history and it should be told right alongside whatever history that they're learning because it's important too so um there's also another one but i don't think the creator is actually african-american and it has um a more catchy name i can tell you um before this uh before the conversation ends i'll have to look that one up but um, there definitely are some with, you know, the things that have happened in current events recently. So many people just have been, you know, going back to the drawing board and trying to right. create stuff because they're like, most families are, you know, being um, very intentional about what they're teaching their kids now since they kind of have to have a say. And with kids being in home doing virtual or remote learning, parents have more of an idea of what their child is being taught. And so there is a greater movement to supplement that education than it was in the past. Nice. Might woke homeschooling be the one you're thinking about? What is it called? Is it woke homeschooling the one? You're yes. About? Yes. It was. I knew it was a catchy name. Yeah, it's a black woman. <laughs> I was just looking up. I was like, I think she's talking about these folks, and I'm pretty sure that's uh, from us. And I do believe that. Yes. Uh huh. She's, she's one of us. <laughs> nice. Okay. I asked because I don't know if you've seen on our Play Black Wall Street Instagram, but we started doing Black study snacks. And the, the purpose of that was to be able to give folks like really bite-sized knowledge of Black history. So we covered like Jamaica and its economy. We covered the, the legacy of Mansa Musa and how he inherited his, his kingdom and then how he expanded it. Uh, we did a Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. Uh, we're on Carter G. Woodson right now. We're trying to, to grow that out. Hey, I see you with the days. <laughs> we were trying to, to grow that out. So we're just looking at other models of success out there who have already done it, built curriculum, if it is something that people actually want and need, um, which it seems like it is in, in there, especially for the older folks. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely would, would create one for, for the older kids because I know with my kids, they're like, they're very particular about their education. And I think it's just important to have multiple options, mm -hmm. um, you know, because some people may gravitate. You do a lot of live videos and things like that. And I know that that is great for kids to see as well. And so um, I think, you know, there's just because someone has done something, there's always an opportunity for you to tap into your audience because people are looking to different people to share information in different ways. That's why, you know, schools have all different types of curriculum. And so there's always a room for it. So I, I just want you to keep that in mind. Don't feel like, you know, knowing that there's three, three to me is not enough. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. Not at all. Oh, and, and I had another guest who actually is creating one as well. Um, and she is a world schooler. I believe you you know her, um, Jade, Jade Weatherington. She's yeah. teacher Jade. And her daughter has a book, Jayla. Yep, Jayla was in our uh, academy. Oh, yes. they, they've been working. Like I see their posts. They're out in bookstores and Barnes and Noble sell their books. Go ahead, get it. Pa traveling pause. Go ahead and support Yes. yes, yes. Shout out. Shout out. I, but I love that. Um, um, Jade, the mom, is definitely creating more resources for families because the need is out there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just like, 
bring on the resources because we really need to to help our kids understand that they are are beautiful and brilliant and it's just so much richness within them and mm. we as parents are the ones that have to give them that because they're not going to get it from anywhere else right love that yes and there's also a, another former guest of ours um let me make sure i say it right um and Jerry Nimhard, I believe, she has a program that's called Maroon Life Learning. And she does a lot of different um, takes on topics. I mean, she does arts. A lot of it work, works for younger kids, but she does have some things that work a little bit better for older children. Um, she's got the Afronauts Club. It's like science-y. She does some history things. Um, her whole idea was to get the hold on a second baby the whole idea was to get um the knowledge and information from books like um oh, john henry clark or amos wilson and um joseph ben jacqueline those kinds of authors trying to break it down into more digestible pieces for younger children since they are pretty you know academically written so that's her angle. I, I've enjoyed some of her items, yes. So, I mean, there's, there are things out there. It's just you have to be in the right position to find them. So just Googling, you know, Black curriculum, you're going to come up with all kinds of, <laughs> unfortunately, nonsense. <laughs> and now that you've mentioned that. To what you're really looking for. Now that you've mentioned that, we need to do just a resource page because, you know, yes. over the seasons that we've done this podcast, we've had a lot of guests who are creating things for us by us. And, you know, it's like you, we're in season three now. So it's like we're going back and having to, you know, we just need this one page. Like these are the resources, these particular subjects, these categories, and that's what we need to create. So, you know, just, you know, sometimes in these conversations, we get a, you know, an action step that we need to take to follow up with. So um, thanks for even as asking the question, because I think, you know, this is what parents are looking for. When we have these conversations, we're trying to fulfill a need in our community. And when we started this conversation or the podcast, we really wanted to kind of unpack that African history, because what happens is, so many of what we know that's attributed to the Romans and the Greeks, they actually got it from the Africans. Talk yes. about it. <laughs> so, so that's a whole nother, nother conversation, but that's what we really need to do. Create a resource page to let people know where they can find information. Because when we think of history, his story, that in and of itself, the word already signifies that it's the missing piece. You know, history often is told from the place of the victor right. or the person who's in charge. And so we as intellectuals, as parents, as educators, whoever we are, we have to really do our own research to unpack the truth. Because just because somebody puts it in a book and packages it and sends it to us and unfolds it and reveals it doesn't necessarily mean that that was the full story. And we can't leave it up to other people 
to pretend to give us our full story, we have to seek that out. We have to create it. So I'm so glad that, you know, there are there are people doing the work and I'm glad that you're doing the work as well. Of course, honored. And one, one, one quick statement before I know we got one more things to get to, but I love the, the fact that you were talking about how we, um, a, as a people, inspired what Europe is today. So the Moorish empire right one of one of the largest empires of the more like they were just a huge power in the education um health care uh, and just what a empire looks like today in europe was really built upon what the moorish empire did but when we look at the dark ages right it's a time in history during the dark ages where european power got their power back and they burnt all of the books all of the art and all of the records of what the moors did and not all we still have a little bit but it still goes to show you like there's a huge missing literal book of history of our history that we may never get back because it was literally burnt to the ground so um definitely agree about how we need to take control again of our story i have a question for you it sounds like you are passionate about education can you kind of share a little bit about your own personal um journey in educating yourself and why you decided to teach others great question so I this this is a an honest platform, right? We can we can be yeah, honest. Yeah, we, we oh. want the truth. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I just I just want to make sure. So, gr- growing up, I was a self-proclaimed smart kid. You know, my teacher said thought that I was smart, but I grew up primarily in not black dominant spaces and I had a lot of energy as a kid. So when I was in classes and they gave us like the timetables where you have to do all the hundred timetables, I was always the first one done, got them all right. And I would sit there and be bored. So I would talk to people. Um, even like, yeah, all, all classes, like I felt like I, I caught on pretty quickly and I wanted to inter- entertain myself, which was distracting other students, got in trouble, principal's office, always suspended, getting sent home all the time. But my grades were always great. So going through elementary school, doing that, I, I kind of learned a little bit, you know, my, my parents were about that that capital punishment so you know i was <laughs> yeah so coming to to middle school now I, I learned a little bit and i got involved in sports for the first time where energy i was able to put somewhere else so i was still getting pretty pretty good grades i was getting my a's getting my b's but then i was also being able to to play basketball on a consistent basis and then my energy was going places then moving to high school my grades dropped a little bit in high school because there was just so much more to do. I was playing volleyball, football, and basketball, and then high school, social life, trying to, to be grown, also trying to, to make some money. I started my a few businesses back then too. So my grades were like, you know, C's, B's, a little bit of A's, mostly AP courses, but I wasn't learning that much black history and still not in a predominantly black space. Uh, so me and one of my, one of my best friends, Lovia, one of my sisters, we started the first black student union at our high school. So prior to us in 2009, 2010, there was never a black student union at our high school. So we, we went ahead, started it. Uh, it was cool. I, I came back to my black student union like 10 years later and I gave a speech to them and it was a cool little moment. But long story short, the, the real kind of jump into like, I need to educate people and I need to really take control of this was when I finally went off to college. 
Um, so I was blessed. I went to, to UC Davis and I was like the really the, the first kind of in, in my generation of family to go off to a four year institution. My dad did go to college. My mom did go to college. But in my, my cohort of, of cousins and folks that I grew up with, I was the first to go over there. Um, and in my first semester at UC Davis, working three jobs to to pay for my education, rough, very rough times. I apply for scholarships, get good grades, you know, I'm to tell all that early. Um, but I was working my, my three jobs and in December, we got the news, it was November, in November, we got the news that one of my older cousins had been shot, right? And he passed away, Jayon Jackson, rest in power. Um, but for me, that was like a, a little bit of a wake up call because I was very close to not going to college. I was very close to not, right, like kind of separating myself from what was happening back home. I was very close to being over there. And I, I yeah, so it was a very drastic wake up call for me to like, how can I get this college information to as many students that look like me as possible? Folks that don't think college is an opportunity for them because of what their teachers told them, because of what their parents told them. Folks that have like natural abilities and natural gifts, but maybe haven't been presented with the outlet to really show their genius or they have so much energy, they need someone to help them channel that genius into something. Um, so in 2011, 2012, that's when I dove into education, started doing outreach primarily in South Sacramento, but also in Oakland and Richmond. Um, and then it's just been like education has just been my path since then. Um, had an amazing mentor who has also gone on to glory, Walter Anthony Robinson, associate vice chancellor of UC Davis, really dope dude, powerful black man who changed a lot of lives through what he did in education. I saw what he did systematically and I was like, yeah, I think I think I could do that. I, I think I can make, make, make the change like he's making the change. So lo long story short, that's kind of the, my road <laughs> to, to what led me to today. That's that's amazing. And I think, you know, there are young children, not just young men, not, you know, there's young men and young women that are listening to your story and saying, I want to grow up and I want to change, you know, what what people's experience of learning is. And, you know, just hearing your story that it could have gone either way. You know, we don't we don't know the end from the beginning when we're in that type of situation, but we have to keep going. And I'm glad that you were able to have the strength to keep going and you went on to college. I mm. think for a lot of our young people, you know, right now they see people, you know, making money from video games. They see the reality right. shows. Of course, everybody thinks they're gonna make it big in the <laughs> NBA or the NFL, but that's only a small, small group of people and so i think that you know knowing that there are multiple options and you know not only are you an educator you know in a and you know by teaching others but you've also um tapped into entrepreneurship and shown that you can you can really take up your own mantle and do it how you want to do it you don't necessarily have to be under the tutelage or the guys are the, you know, just have someone else oversee what you do, you can really make it your own and do it yourself. And that's what you have done. And so, you know, for a young person who's 
um, parents may be listening to this, what advice do you have for them? Let's say they have a young son who is very intelligent because that story of young black men being in classrooms and being busy and energetic, that is a common story. They're often brilliant, but they're bored. (laughs) What advice would you have for them to um, continue learning and to take their knowledge to the next level and to really just have that perseverance to keep going. Because I think that perseverance is the hard part because you see your friends sometimes doing all kinds of stuff. And that seems like in the short term, that seems like a um, an option that you should get into as well. Right. So I will give my, my best shot. I'm obviously have not become a parent yet. Again, I told you all five kids manifesting you know it's somewhere down there um but but for me my uh kind of two two cents would be this is a a term i'm making up on the spot but educational inertia right so thank you it sounded good when it was in my head it sounded just as good when i said it out loud so i was sorry i'm rolling with it but educational inertia and just like you know momentum and true inertia we like to move in one direction until another force comes in and moves us in a different direction. So I would say, understand what direction your child or you are already moving in, right? If they love video games, that's their that's their momentum. They're going this way. If they love hair and beauty products, cool, they're going this way. If they love business, if they love basketball, whatever it is, find out what their direction is, what their momentum and inertia is, and figure out how you can educate along that path, right? So talking about hair and beauty care products, that's chemistry, that's business, that's history, that's psychology, that's post-traumatic slave syndrome. If you want to get fancy with it, there's tons of lessons you can teach all through the lens of beauty hair. Sports, that's history, that's economics, that's branding, that's also college readiness, because if they want to play in the NBA, they have to go to college it's you have to now you can't go from uh high school anymore um the ncaa is passing a law where now in college you can start making money off of your name image and likeness so i think it's more important than ever if you have a middle school or a high schooler who wants to go off they need to learn about branding they need to learn about intellectual property early that way when they're in college they can make their millions without even having to go to the nba so i would say find what like what direction are they going And how can you creatively teach them things that feed into their passion of who they already are? Um, Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that I would, I think what I know, like as a middle school student, as a high school student, if I would have learned about black wall street, I was very business savvy. Like I was the person in middle school selling Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Beyblades. I was, you know, going to the 99 cent store, buying sodas and candy bars, going to school, selling those. I was doing a lot of business oriented stuff, but every time my parents or the school found out, I always got in trouble. Right. No one was like, oh, let's let's start an LLC for you. Let's uh, you know, how can we legitimize these businesses? It was like, oh, no, you can't do that trouble. Right. So how can we lean into it? Because I could have created this board game when I was 13. Right. It wasn't difficult to make the game. It was just believing that I can do it and getting the the knowledge about Black Wall Street. But what I learned in college, I, I could have made this game when I was 12. Right. We could have been selling this game back in 2005 
for the past 16 years, think about how many families we could have impacted since 2005. Think about where this board game, this brand would be for our entire family if we had started in 2005. So it's also kind of believing in what your your child's gift is and knowing ooh, if I invest early, right? if I invest in this Amazon, if I invest in this Tesla at the seed stage in 10 years, who knows what it can become? I really like your thinking there. I mean, it's very, very true to, you know, focus on what they're doing and what they're interested in, because when it comes to kids, kids are kind of, you know, tunnel vision. They see what they want to see. They hear what they want to hear. And for you to come in trying to give them this, they're like, man, what is that? <laughs> Get that out of here. Or they just sitting there with this look on their face like, oh, are we done yet? And to give them things that actually, you know, go along with their interest. And even if it's not, you know, so visibly related, you know, it it comes back later. I don't know, L, do you remember when we talked with the journalist who said he had wanted to be an NBA player, but it became clear that that was not going to happen. And so he decided, what can I do that would still keep me in this arena, but I just won't be on the floor playing? And he ended up being a... Um, journalists covering a team several different teams and you know sports writing and that sort of thing so he's still able to you know live his dream of being part of basketball yeah. but just not as a player and he thoroughly enjoyed what he enjoys what he does and he's passing his knowledge of you know getting into that business on to younger children so that they can see you know even if i can't get this specific thing i can how close to it can i get and still be happy right even with uh mark cuban so mark cuban loves sports but he was never necessarily like the athlete so he created a website where people can watch sports all the time online, one of the first online streaming systems. And that's how he made a lot of his money. And then he bought a sports team. So it's like, no, he's not a basketball player, but he makes more money than all the people on the court. And he's going to be able to do what he does as a business person for the rest of his life. So yes, I love the idea of like, you know, you have your passion, maybe you can't be a professional in that lane, but what other kind of Thing can you do around that that still connects you to what drives you to what your passion is right absolutely and for the listener who doesn't know who mark cubane what is it mark oh, sorry yeah mark mark cuban, cuban. Mark cuban. yes he the is Dallas on shark tank oh, no. yeah. <laughs> so if you if you watch shark tank he is one of the sharks and he is brilliant. He is a billionaire. So definitely Google him and, and, and learn. You know, we, we can look at different people from all different ethnicities and nationalities and we can learn from their ethics. We can learn from, you know, how they drive. You really have to be internally motivated. You know, mm. sometimes people don't get what they want done because they're waiting for some 
inspiration. They're waiting for some passion to kind of hit them and, and make them do it. That stuff may never come. You just have to be driven. You have to be determined that this is what you want to do. And he is one of those people who was determined. And, and so sometimes we have to look outside of ourselves and see, hey, this person was able to accomplish that. They don't have an advantage over you you can accomplish it too. It does, it may take you um, longer because sometimes our path and the hard work that we have to put in, you know, is different, you know? So sometimes people have parents that can give them loans and lump sums of money to get started with their business. And although some of us may not have that, you can seek capital. There are other ways to get funding, but you have to you have to know what you need to go after. There are grants. Right now is kind of like a grant haven. So many different grants exist. And so I just want to take this time to encourage parents and kids, don't let money cause you not to reach your goals because money is out there and it can be obtained in many ways. So you have to set a plan and you have to start brainstorming. So I know we, we have talked, so I know you have so much good things to share with us. I want you to tell us um, a little bit more about your academy because I want families to know about what else you offer outside of the game. Got you. So I have one, one note or kind of a, a takeaway and then I'll get into the academy. So one, I would highly suggest like if you have maybe high school specifically or if they're like about to go off to college and they are business savvy, go ahead and start that LLC. Like even if they're not going to sell anything, start that LLC now because the longer you have your LLC, the longer you have your DUNS number, the longer you have this credit history, the more money they'll be able to get once they're ready. So if you start an LLC when they're 15 and they go off to college and now they're 22, that's seven years of business history technically. It's called a shelf corporation. So then they'll be able to get loans for $500,000, a million dollars because according to you know, their history, their business has been operating for seven years. So something to, to think about is, you know, start the LLC and then just let it sit, you know, pay your yearly taxes on it. You can start selling a little bit, but the long history will look good for them in the future. Now, we do have our, our Play Black Wall Street board game. Definitely head to playblackwallstreet.com. Get yourself a board game. Uh, it is Black History Month, so they are selling fast. So we definitely say you should get them early. By the time this comes out, we will have another round of games. Don't you worry. Um, Play Black Wall Street Academy is currently in a growth phase. So we launched it for the first time in 2020, where we were doing live sessions every week. We had amazing cohorts with Jayla in there, with Keegan in there, with uh, Jonathan on there, with a lot of amazing scholars. Shout out to all y'all. Um, but we are making that better in the sense of we want to have more classes available on demand for students because before it was kind of time bound we're only having class you know once a week office hours once a week but you know people are moving and shaking they got a lot of stuff going on there sometimes they just want to learn when they want to learn so we are converting over and we've got to have a new platform but you can still go to playblackwallstreet.com there's an academy tab go ahead and click on there and if you're interested put in your email information or you can just order a board game then we'll have your email information as well and when the new academy has launched we will send that out to you uh we already kind of 
sneak peek some of the courses, right? So Mansa Musa is going to be a course on there. The Karaji Woodson is going to be a course on there. Black female innovators and inventors is going to be on there. And we're just going to keep on. Yeah, I see y'all. I see y'all. We're just going to uh, keep on growing from there. We are definitely open to suggestions from the community. Like if there's something about the diaspora or even intersectionalities of different cultures, right? Like Black and Brown love, API and Black history, uh, Hawaii and Black History Cube, like there's a lot of intersectionalities that we can also go into and we're open to it if you have suggestions. Okay, yes, I really do want to say thank you for that tip. That was a very, um, I hadn't thought of that before. That, you know, because I've read about, you know, the whole history business and how you have to have certain things in place and they're looking for you know, certain things. So even if you're not really using your business credit, it still exists, if that makes sense. Well, I know you get it because you just shared the tip, but- <laughs> Yeah, it's like, a, it's like, you know, your, your social security number, yeah. right? Like the longer you have your social security number, which is tied to your credit score, usually right. the, the better your score will, will be. Same thing with businesses. Businesses have EIN numbers. Yes. That's their social security number for that business. So the longer that business is alive, right, the more credit it can have and the more uh, history it has. So yeah, get your EIN number, get your LLC, uh, depending on where you register it. Obviously you have to pay certain fees. So talk, talk to your, your financial people, but yeah. Yeah, that was excellent. Excellent. And I just want to just to kind of wrap that thought up, you know, sometimes in our communities, we think about side hustles. And I think we really, you know, in 2021, we got to level up, you know, so we can't just be thinking about side hustles. We have to be thinking about, you know, making our businesses attractive to venture capitalists, to making nice. our business attractive so that other people want to fund. Rich people don't have to fund their own ideas. Mm. Talk about so it. So that's, you know, so so we have to really level up our thinking. And so, you know, we could talk to you for a long time. And right. I think we're definitely going to have to have you back because I feel like there was so much that that we didn't talk about because, you know, just just the the, you know, foundation of building generational wealth in our community and the importance behind that. That's one of the things we did not talk about today, but I feel like we really have to talk about that because that is something that I'm very passionate about. It's something in my heart that I feel like our community, we just, we have to do better. I really feel like we are at the point where we don't have a choice but to do better. And so, you know, us as adults, Sure, we, we now have that knowledge and we can now move forth, but isn't it so much better when we give our kids this knowledge and foundation while they're young so they don't have to struggle? You know, we want their struggles to be different mm. and, not, and not the same ones that we experience. So um, is there anything else that you want to share in this conversation? Because I know we're, just, we're definitely going to have to have you back. Yes. Yeah, no, not nothing else because I feel like if I if I go down that rabbit hole, we're gonna be here for another hour. One hundred percent happy, happy to come back. Um and I we've seen a, a few folks come to our website and use that cleverly. We do have a cleverly discount code as well. So if you do want to get your board game, you can put in cleverly, shout out to the amazing team, and you'll get a nice little discount there as well. But I think it's uh, cleverly twenty-five. 
cleverly 25. So we will definitely put it in the show notes so that everybody can can use that. Just a reminder, because I think, you know, our kids deserve the best. They deserve to know their history, just like we deserve to know it when we were young. And so we have to change that. And I love how you've packaged it in a fun way so that it's, it's, it's fun learning. Like it's not even like opening up a book and just reading and memorize. It's not rote memorization. It's true principles that they can apply immediately. Yes. You know, it's problem solving. It's so much, so packed with knowledge that I just encourage everybody to get their board game and, you know, support, support businesses, follow him on his social channels. Can you shout out your channels, please? Yeah. So we are play black wall street on everything, but street is just ST. All right. So on IG play black wall street, we'll be giving out our black study snacks there and promoting just young entrepreneurs as well. So if you have a entrepreneur that has a, you know, a business, feel free to DM us and we'll promote them. Um, Playblackwallstreet.com is the main website on YouTube, play black wall street and on Twitter, play black wall street. So brand consistency all the way through definitely connect with us okay that's wonderful and i just want to piggyback real quick uh it's of the utmost important for adults to to have the history and to know it it doesn't we deserve to know it yes we we need to know it so that we can move forward with a a more determined purpose and with the idea of making not only our children's and grandchildren's lives better, but the entire planet better. Cause that's what we've been doing since we've been here. And yes. it, it's not going to stop anytime soon. My yes. <laughs> well, it has been a true pleasure and honor to be able to talk to you. I definitely hope that, you know, we will be able to connect soon to have a part two, because I feel like this discussion, we just <laughs> scraped the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's just so much. And I definitely would love to have you back to go into a piece about generational wealth and, and some things that we need to start putting in place now to make a difference um, for the future. And so I just appreciate your time and um, I wish you the best in all that you do. Thank you. Likewise, been an honor definitely coming back and much love and success to you and your families as well. Thank you. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.